coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We are a weekly podcast with new episodes coming out every Tuesday afternoon, which you can listen to whenever you feel like it, because it's a podcast, and hopefully you'll subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. On today's show, Kevin and I will be talking about a food that's an American classic favorite and one of mine, French fries. Our guest today is Erica Benstock, the co-owner of Il Ritorno. Erica will tell us how she met her husband, the other co-owner and chef of Il Ritorno, and what it's like being a mother, wife, and restaurant owner all at the same time, plus some other really cool stories. After that, we'll play our music segment, open our lunchbox, share our tip of the week, and have a gluten-free wrap-up. All of that is coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So grab a snack, pour a drink, and relax while we serve up the show. Been to Anata lately, or at all? My best friend was just recently in town, and I took her to all of my favorite places, and she proclaimed Anata as her absolute favorite. They're known for their great wines and cheese and charcuterie, but I am in lust with the entrees and specials Chef Josh dreams up. I finally got to try the short rib bolognese, and it was fantastic. The M3, which is a mushroom and truffle risotto, is nothing short of sensual. Next time, I want to try the charred octopus arrabbiata pasta. We have had the octopus appetizer, and it's amazing, but this pasta sounds nice and spicy, just like I like it. You really must go to Winata. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. You really must go to Anata. Today is not National French Fry Day, but we're going to talk about French fries anyway. I can talk about French fries anytime. I know. Another thing it's not French fries, that is, they're not French, really. That just goes, that's to the cut. Right. Cut in a French manner. And I have a little background from Wikipedia. French fries, or just fries, that's North American English. Chips would be British. Finger chips is Indian English. And French fry potatoes, another one. And in France, they're called palm frites. Oh, right. Palm frites, actually. Palm frites, very good. So here's what it says French fries are served hot, either soft or crispy. I'm not so big on soft. Not at all. Well, you know, crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. Yes, yes. They're generally eaten as part of lunch or dinner or by themselves as a snack, and they commonly appear on the menus of diners, fast food restaurants, pubs, and bars. They are usually salted? Usually? No, they should always be salted. Yeah, somebody needs a smack on that one. They should always be salted. Right. You're not doing it right if there's no salt. Correct. 
and depending on the country, may be served with ketchup, vinegar, mayonnaise, tomato sauce. That's a new one for me. And other local specialties. Fries can be topped more heavily, as in the dishes of poutine and chili cheese fries. Chips can be made from kumara. I have no idea what that is. Or others, oh, sweet potatoes. Or other sweet potatoes instead of potatoes. Big sweet potato fry fan. I'm not just a big sweet potato fan in general, so that would be why. No, me either. It's, I, don't, I don't want sweet with my salt, usually. 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 Depends on how it's done. Right. And then they say a common fast food dish is fish and chips. Okay. So French fries, man, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of fries. Yes, there are. I tend to like my fries just straight up. I'm not a big one for like different seasonings other than salt. I do like ketchup with my fries. I'm not really one for like a bunch of stuff on it like their nachos. I think ketchup, at least in the U.S., is probably the most popular you know, sauce or whatever right. to dip it in. And for me, I probably only use ketchup maybe one third of the time. Me too. As, as a change up, because usually I just like to like put a whole bunch of salt and pepper and I just want that. And, and because to me, when you put the ketchup on there, now I'm tasting ketchup and I'm not tasting a French fry. Right. And that's correct. So sometimes I'll, what I'll do is just like maybe a third of the order that I'm eating. You know, I'll, I'll do it a little bit and then I'll eat the fries straight up. Right. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. I'll more often use ketchup with my fries when you're around and, and you're influencing me. You're my ketchup enabler. Jeez. Had no idea. <laughs> ketchup girl. But yeah, so there's all kinds of fries. There's, you know, of course, there's the shoestring fries. There's chili cheese fries that we already mentioned. Poutine is not something that I normally do. But one exception that I will make is the breakfast poutine, which is at, at the galley in downtown St. Pete when they do their weekend brunches. They're steak fries smothered in bechamel and topped with ham, bacon, chives, and two sunny side up eggs. Nice. Wow. A newer entry to St. Pete is Dr. Barbecue, and they have kimchi fries, which we had on one of their... Yeah, uh, they were good. It doesn't sound like it would be good, but man, they're good. Then again, I like kimchi on most everything. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> the, so the, they're hand-cut, double-fried Idaho potatoes topped with locally sourced caramelized kimchi, house-made Korean barbecue sauce, lime crema, and green onions, and they're super delicious. Yeah, they were super delicious, and they were, they were a bit spicy, if yeah. I recall. So that's another exception for us where we like fries with a bunch of stuff on them. Right. When we talk about fries in downtown St. Pete, for instance, for me, the very first place that comes to mind fries that I just love is the mill. They're, they're more like uh, potato wedges because they're really thick cut fries. And those are so easy to not do well. Yeah, they're definitely a big thick cut. I don't really know, but it seems like you get like almost an entire potato. Yeah, I think it might be more than that. Yeah. <laughs> But they cook them so well that they're crispy on the outside and perfectly soft on the inside. It's so easy to mess those up where they can be not cooked enough and it tastes funny on the inside, like a little bit hard, you know what I mean, where it's congealed a little Mm -hmm. bit, it's not soft and fluffy. The mill just does them perfectly. They do. I crave those fries. Another one of my favorites that I I rarely see around anymore, at least places I go, are curly fries. And actually, the spicy curly fries. Yeah, see, I, I don't like those. I love those. I just take like a handful and just <laughs> shove them in my mouth. Well, I don't mind them being curly. I just don't like it when they season them with other stuff other than salt. Typically, right. I don't. Sometimes I do. I mean, I do branch out a little bit. And then the fries that I grew up with as a kid, well, there's two. There's, there's McDonald's. Right. And, and then there's the frozen crinkle cut fries that mom made in the oven. Right. I, I have to say I 
still love McDonald's fries. I don't know what it is that they do that makes them so special because they're better than Burger King. They're better than any of the other fast food places. Well, I do like Steak and Shake does the shoestrings, and those are really good at Steak and Shake. Yeah. But I do love them. I, I used to work with somebody a long time ago that liked Burger King's burgers and McDonald's fries. And it's a good thing they're always like across the street from each right, other. Right. So they'd go to lunch and get their Burger King burger and then go across the street and get McDonald's French fries. Yeah, I always liked the Burger King double cheeseburger. Now we're, we're admitting my uh, fast food habits of, the early, of yeah. my early days. Yeah, I think McDonald's fries are great too. And then going back to the uh, frozen crinkle, crinkle cut, cut ones, yeah. Beantown Pub. Yes. They're one of the newer restaurants Editions, downtown. Yeah. Right. And they are excellent. They have some great food. And they have the frozen crinkle cut fries. And not calling them out for it. I mean, they're fine. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not advertising these are the best French fries in the world. They're an accompaniment to the other food uh, right, that right. is just amazing. Well, we were but, actually told by the owner of Beantown Pub that up in Boston, they absolutely love the crinkle cut fries and they, they come there for the crinkle cut fries. Yeah. It's just a thing for them there. So they aren't changing who they are. They're not going to change that just because here in St. Pete, not everybody loves crinkle cut fries. Right. So what are some of the other favorites that we have? Brick and mortar. Recently, I was at brick and mortar. My friend Melody was visiting from Cincinnati. And we actually ordered the truffle fries, which I'm not a huge fan of truffle, but it's starting to grow on me now. I love their truffle fries at brick and mortar. Oh my God, they were so good. We ordered them as our appetizer and we literally just downed the whole thing so fast. They were absolutely delicious. But even the ones that they serve with their burger um, on the side uh, that are not truffle. Now you can get truffle if you want, but um, with the burger, they are just golden brown. You can tell they're hand cut. You can really tell good hand cut fries when they get a little bit cold. They're not hot anymore and they still taste delicious. Right. They're just a main major difference. Yeah. Also, one of my other favorites, Three Birds Tavern also has hand cut fries. You can definitely tell those are hand cut because they even have skin on them. Yeah, those are delicious too. Right. The Berg Bar and Grill, another one that has delicious hand cut fries. Yeah. Everything at the Berg Bar and Grill is great. Do you have any others on your list? I don't have any other favorites I can think of right now, but here's just a few of the ones, the other types of fries they list. Carne asada fries with carne asada, guacamole, sour cream, and cheese. Haven't had them, but I, I would give that a shot. Uh, but it wouldn't be a regular. I normally, you know, as we said, like just normal fries. I'm not sure if anywhere around here does that. I haven't seen that. Have you? No. No. Oh, but write it and let us know if somebody does. Right. And do the same on all these. So here's a few more. So there's cheese fries, chili fries, chili cheese fries. There's curly fries, curry chips, fries covered in curry sauce. Hmm. That's popular in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And there's a French fry sandwich, such as the Chip Buddy, B-U-T-T-Y, Butty, because it makes your butt big, maybe? It <laughs> could be. And of course, we have steak fries, tornado fries, the spiral cut potatoes that are placed on a skewer, and then deep fried. Okay. Oh, and waffle fries. I, actually, I like waffle fries. Do you like waffle fries? Um, they're okay. You know, Chick-fil-A is really the only place I know of that has waffle fries, unless there's somewhere else around here that does. Yeah, this says... I don't eat at Chick-fil-A anymore. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> Just going back to favorite places for fries, Stillwaters and Bella Brava both have great French fries. Yeah, and even though they're owned by the same company or same people, they are different. Yeah. Yeah. 
The, uh, the ones at Bella Brava are, are a bit smaller than they are at Stillwaters, but they both have a really good flavoring to them, they're, and they're cooked well, so delicious. Write us, let us know where your favorite french fries are and what they are. Info at stpetersburgfoodies.com, and we will read them on the air. Welcome back. Today, we're here with the co-owner of Il Ritorno, Erica Benstock. Hi. Hi. Hey, Erica. Hey. She's the other half of the great chef, David Benstock. Yes. So, Erica, tell us a little bit about your background. I am Long Island born and raised. I was there until I went to college. I went to college in Baltimore, kind of progressively moved down the East Coast. After I graduated, I moved to South Florida, where I met David. And we lived there until about five months after we got married. Where'd you guys meet? We met on J-Date. Really? Yes. Wow. I was new to South Florida. My parents said, we don't care if you meet a a man to marry or if you just meet somebody who can introduce you to friends, but you can't sit here by yourself every day. And so I, I think they paid for like three months for me to go on there. And I was in Europe for 30 days in the middle and I came back and met David, like at the very end of my subscription on there. And, and that was when? August of 2010. Wow. This That's segment brought to you by J-Date. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. So go, go ahead. So you guys met. Yeah. Well, you know what's actually crazy is that we were in Italy at the same time and we didn't know each other. And he was working in Venice. Mm-hmm. And I ate at a restaurant like around the corner from where he was. So it's very possible that we could have passed each other on the streets there. Wow. So I always kind of felt that it was, we were meant to be, mm-hmm. meant to meet in, in one city or another. Right. Right. It didn't, didn't happen in Italy, so fate said, okay, it's happening in Miami. Yes. On J-Date. Now, was he working at a <laughs> restaurant down there at the time? No, he had just come back from Europe, and he was living with some friends in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So the first month that we were dating, he wasn't working. So I actually got to know him mm-hmm. without the crazy hours. And I always say that if he would have been working, it would have never worked. Right. Mm-hmm. Because he would drive up to where I was in Boca Raton to mm-hmm. see me, and I can come down to him. And then once he got a job, you know, it was driving in the middle of the night so that we could see each other for an hour or two in the morning before I had to go to work. Oh, wow. So about a month after we met, he got his job at Scarpetta at the Fountain Blue. Mm-hmm. And he was there for uh, about two years. Wow. So we were there for about two years. And, and what were you doing? Where were you working? I was a nanny. Oh. I am a nanny by trade. You are. Yes. Well, now I nanny my own children. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I meant. That, that, experience came, <laughs> that experience came in handy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Apparently my whole life has just been grooming me for being a mother. Right. And then we moved back here about five months after we got married. Um, he felt that he wanted to leave where he was working and get a new uh, experience under his belt before we opened up another restaurant. But we felt if we stayed in South Florida, we would have another two-year commitment, and then we wouldn't have any roots put down here. So we moved back here when mm-hmm. to put roots here first. Right. And I was still nannying at the time. Mm-hmm. What year was that? That was 2012. And so. when, did, when did you guys start talking about opening Il Ritorno? About a year after that. 
David got really sick and had to have surgery that removed part of his intestines. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. He had about two feet of his intestines removed, and we don't really know how the infection got there. I think I know, but... <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> Bad sushi. Could it be... So he had a surgery, and then we realized that the stress of working in another restaurant where, for somebody else. Where not, was he working? Was it a secret? It's not a secret. He was at Boca. Oh, okay. In Tampa. Okay, gotcha. And it was just more of a stressful environment for somebody who wasn't higher up there in the brigade in the kitchen. And he wasn't an owner of any sort, so we felt it was time to open up our own place. And it took a couple of months to find the right location. Right. And when we did, we thought it was going to be perfect, and it was on Central Avenue, and everything was going great, and then the morning we were going to sign off on the papers, we walked away from the deal. Really? Really. So it was a different location? It was a different location. Where was it? What is now Ozzy. Wow. I no idea. Mm-hmm. Just a few doors down from where you actually are now. Yeah. Right. And we had been and talked with the people at Moscato's first, and walked away from the deal. And then they came back to us, and four and a half years later, almost five years later, here we are. Wow. Never knew any of that. And almost doubled the space at the beginning of this year, end of last year, beginning of this year. Doubled the space, tripled the seating. Mm -hmm. So, Erica, when David first made the decision that he wanted to open his own restaurant, what was your reaction, your, your initial reaction? I was really happy I didn't have a nine-to-five job that I couldn't leave because I knew that once we opened up a restaurant, I was either going to be a part of it or I would never see him. Exactly. And my nannying job had ended in June, like a week or two after David had his surgery. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had a temporary position over the summer just helping out a family, which gave me the opportunity to do my due diligence at these two restaurants that we were looking at the locations for downtown. Mm -hmm. So that worked out good. Yes. And David was still working at Boca at the time. Oh, so right. So you took so care of the, all of I that. I was able to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. so, so you've been a team the whole time from the yes. get-go. Yeah. Yes. And there are times where I'm sure he would like to throw a sharp object at my face <laughs> or my back when I'm not looking. And you're, you too, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, it goes both ways. <laughs> it goes both ways. But right. we don't, which is why it works. Right. So, right. It took time to like find the balance and learn to work with each other and understand each other and not let things at work come home with us and not let things from home come to work with us. Right. So the first six or seven months that we were open, I was there every day, all day. I we remember, both were there. Oh, I remember. From 9.30 in the morning until we closed that night and I was pregnant with Ethan at the right. time. So there's... That added stress of being pregnant and going through that change and life being kind of up in the air mm -hmm. and having to do everything together as a couple at the restaurant. Right. It was an interesting balance. Did you have prior restaurant experience yourself? I worked at a cafe when I was in college. Mm -hmm. So I had some serving experience. And then I actually, when we moved out here, I attempted to work in the industry. Mm -hmm. I got a job at Caraba. So I went through their formal training. I made it about two weeks. And I said, 
this is not for me. <laughs> I, I want to own my own restaurant too. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I, I picked them. I figured a corporate place, I could pick up some habits and things that you need for the restaurant. They could kind of fine tune me a little bit, give me more of an insight. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you learned at Carabas that you thought was good and I, I'll, I'm going to bring this with me to El Retorno and then the opposite. Was there anything that they did that you're like, we're never doing it this way at El Retorno? So part of why I left Carabas was that every day of training, I was with somebody else and they would contradict what the person be- told me the day before. Oh. So that's a good learning experience to make sure that doesn't happen at your place. Yes. Yeah. And when I quit, I told them I felt like I was set up for failure mm. and it wasn't an environment I wanted to be in. Well, and they understood. It's good feedback, but I, I doubt they did anything with it. But This segment not brought to you by Carabas. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, Gordon. What you been up to? Big things, Fred. I'm a full-time student at bartending college. Wow. I never had time for a formal education. Well, I decided to make time, but it's not easy. Bartending college is a four-week course. Gee, how far along are you? Well, let's see. This is Tuesday, the third week. Hey, hey, I'm a junior, and I'm late for a daiquiri lecture. Why don't you join me? Why not? Bartending college. You've already spent enough time on the other side of the bar to qualify for enrollment. Bartending college. We'll teach you everything you need to know. You'll get a starter set of bartenders jokes like, So I says to the guy, you can stay, but the cow's gotta go. (laughs) Bartending college. You'll learn how to roll drunks, water the liquor, and skim the cash register. And remember, as the bartender, you drink for free. free. Last call for integrity. We are back with Erica Benstock, the co-owner of Il Retorno in downtown St. Pete. So you were telling us about your experience, very brief experience at Carabas. Uh, was there any other uh, experience outside of your own restaurant? Uh, right before I got the job at Carabas, I took a bartending course out in Tampa. Okay, wow. I was trying to do things that would better me for when we did open up a restaurant. Right. And oh, so you took that on purpose? I just took to... it on purpose. I did take it on purpose. Oh, it was a well thought out plan. Like, no, somebody put a gun to my head and made me do it. That was a stupid question. Well, like Carabas <laughs> like too, right? You did that on purpose. Right. 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 It was all research. That's very smart. Training, yeah. you know, hands on cool. training. Mm-hmm. The course was probably one of the sillier things I've done. So, it, was it fun? It was fun. Did you get to drink on, on, during No, class? the bottles are filled with colored water. So that when you mix drinks together, they get the right color so that you know when you're actually making the drinks what it should look like. So you don't taste while you're... That's no. interesting, right? So it's about the technique huh. in, in that case, really. Yeah. And there were speed drills and things that we had to do to pass the course that unless you're working at a very, very fast-paced beach bar... Mm-hmm you wouldn't need to do. And I say beach bar because of the drinks they made us make in the speed test. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't making Cosmos and martinis and sidecars. It was a bunch of mixed fruity, beachy kind of stuff. And I knew that that wasn't really... Pina coladas and daiquiris. Right. And that wasn't really what I was going to have to do. So that didn't really help me too much. And then we didn't end up having a liquor license for (laughs) several years. And so I wasn't really practicing it very often. But I would go... We were living with my in-laws at the time. I would go back and I'd be like, all right, who would like to have a whatever? And I would just like start making drinks. Mm -hmm. 
And everyone's like, okay, we're done mixing alcohol for the day. <laughs> Try so you, again tomorrow. Too bad you didn't know us then. Right. You got a lot of practice. <laughs> I sat there with my flashcards and I was trying to memorize all these recipes. I still have the flashcards. I still have the drink book. Cannot tell you a single thing though. So I know you're the interviewee, but I have a quick funny story about that. A uh, long time ago. Girlfriend of mine, her mother was in charge of Broward County of like hiring temps for when they got real busy for events with like temporary bars, the bars on little ones on wheels. And her brother got a gig being one of the temporary bartenders. And I'm like, what the hell? He doesn't even drink. I should be a bartender. Tell her to get me a gig. So I I get a gig. And now I'm like, like you, I'm studying like all weekend. I'm like studying all these drink recipes and like crazy because I'm like, I I don't want to, I got to be a great bartender. And the first event is a Harley convention, and all I'm doing is popping Budweiser's. <laughs> yep. That's not something you do around here, that's for sure. No. <laughs> I'm sure you opened up those bottles with skill and elegance. I, I had a bow tie and a vest. The bow tie part doesn't really surprise no. me. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> that was, that's just my quick story as a bartender. Oh, the other thing, too, actually is even more relevant, is... I've never really worked in a restaurant, but I did several of those bartending gigs. And just from doing that, it's a little bit like, you know, the, you walk in the other person's shoes. I always thought of it as like, hey, it's kind of like when I invite a bunch of people over and we get drunk. Not really. No, you're not right. really supposed to drink while you're doing that. So it's <laughs> like, no, they're having a party and I'm doing all the work. Well, it's right. funny that you say it's like walking in somebody else's shoes. I was, and I still am, a very picky eater. And so going out to eat for me was always a challenge. Mm -hmm. In fact, when we'd go out to eat as a family, my parents would sit there and try and read the menu to me. And I'd look at them and be like, I can wipe my own ass. I can read my own (laughs) menu. I can figure out what I can eat here. My exact quote. All the time. I can wipe my own ass. I can read my own menu. I think my parents were mortified that I would say this in restaurants. What's your favorite food? I love pasta. I really do. It's a good thing, right? Yeah, Yeah. I don't make it as well as David does, but I can boil a mean pot of water. (laughs) With salt in it, of course. Of course, you got to salt the water. Always. Always salt the water. It's David's secret ingredient is salt water. Mm Mm-hmm. Walking in other people's shoes. Yes, walking in other people's shoes. So I was probably a terrible, terrible restaurant guest. I would order things off the menu. I would special prep things. However, I felt like eating, I'd didn't really understand how kitchens worked at the time. Kind of like Sally and when Harry met Sally. Yes. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. (laughs) <laughs> My dad would always bring up that scene from Six Easy Pieces. I've never seen that. I'm totally going to mess this up, but she asks for something, and they said they can't do it. And he says to her, well, do you have this ingredient and that ingredient? And they say, yes. And she says, okay, well, then you can separate them and make me what I want. Right. It's the gist of the scene. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do. I would rip everything apart and make it how I wanted. Sounds like my mom. <laughs> She's, no, she's not that bad. <laughs> but I, until I met David and started to understand the industry a little bit better, I didn't understand how obnoxious that really is if you don't actually have a dietary restriction or allergy. 
I was just a picky eater, and I just wanted noodles and butter all the time. Right. And I still do. Um, <laughs> but now I just grate really fancy cheese on top of it. Like yeah, a, I was going to say you put cheese on top of it too, yeah. Like locatelli is my favorite. Do you like truffles? It's okay to say no. They have grown on me. They've grown on me too. I was the same way. <laughs> when David first came back from Italy, he brought all these truffles with him. And he said to me, what is your favorite thing to eat? Macaroni and cheese. He's like, I'm going to make you the world's best macaroni and cheese. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. He's making the cheese. Fancy cheeses all melting together. And I go taste it and I taste it. And I run to the store and I come back and I'm like, what is that smell? <laughs> it smells like a dirty foot rubbed in a smelly armpit. Oh, God. That's so funny. And he's like, they're truffles. And I was like, why did you do that? And he's like, well, these are truffles I brought back from Italy. They're very expensive. They're very expensive. <laughs> he's like, this is like a very expensive macaroni and cheese. This is great. Well, we sit down at the table and I go to take a bite. And that was the only bite I was able to take. David's roommate and his girlfriend enjoyed the truffle mac and cheese that David made for me for dinner. Well, good thing they were there. Yes. Oh, boy. How did he react? I think he was really surprised and kind of upset that (laughs) this girl that he's dating doesn't appreciate good food. Right. He must really love you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's always proud when you say, I tried everything. We were at that one dinner. (laughs) Oh, if I, I try and try everything that he makes. I put on my big girl pants. Right. And I try. When he cooked in James at the James Beard house, I ate everything that came on the table. I may not have eaten the like shrimp on the dish, but I tried everything. Right. So are you still a picky eater or as much so now? Uh, she's evolving, it sounds like. Yes, I am evolving. I'm growing in my my years. But I'm still pretty picky. And being the wife and owner of one of the best restaurants in town for sure i've I've gotten really good at the tableside fib what's (laughs) your favorite dish on the menu i was just gonna ask you that well (laughs) i you know the snapper's fantastic i don't know i've never had snapper (laughs) but what you heard it i hear it's fantastic what is your actual favorite dish do you have one hmm okay favorite side dish is the brussels sprouts okay i could live on them and that's, that's, I've never had them there. That's pretty interesting coming from a picky so eater. So good. I, I know, right? Yeah. The, I have, I'll tell you a story about that after. David broke me of that habit. The Bucatini Pomodoro is such a comfort food for me. Mm-hmm. I love that too. While I do enjoy like a good steak, and David knows this, I'm not a huge fan of the Il Ritorno spice blend that goes on the steak there. So I usually opt for the chicken. I love the chicken. That was my first dish ever there. Yep. And before we ordered it, we were told there'll be the best chicken you've ever had in your life. And it was true. It was. Absolutely. Kept us coming back for a long time. I love that story that you're such a picky eater and uh, married to such a high-end chef. It's hysterical. The first time my mom met David, she looked at him and said, you understand she's a waste for you, right? (laughs) (laughs) She is a waste. And I looked at her and said, don't ruin this for me. Way to sell it, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste the J-date money. Right. 
So going back to the actual restaurant and when you guys opened it, had you had, I'm sure you did, a well-thought-out plan on who was going to handle certain tasks and who was going to handle what in the restaurant, like the, the books and the, you know, all that stuff? To an extent, mm-hmm. he took care of the back of the house. I took care of the front of the house. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm an expert at herding cats, so I was able to take care of front of the house staff really well. That's and a good skill to have. Yes, yes, for that. yes. And did you find this about yourself doing it, or did you know this already from nannying? Ah, multiple ah, children, right. different ages. Right. Yeah, it's like of, nannying. Yes, <laughs> that's 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 kind of the secret that. Maybe we need to advise other restaurant owners, take a nanny class. Don't take the bartending class, take the (laughs) nanny class. Go to nanny school. Yes. Yeah, for front of house managers, GMs. I'm sure your staff's going to love to hear this. (laughs) So, And I took care of the office stuff. Mm -hmm. It made it easier for him to focus on the food and the prep because at the time it was just him, our sous chef at the time, and one line cook. That was it. They were there all day, every day, just the three of them. Wow. And when we had a rotation of dishwashers that came in and... That's about all you could fit in the kitchen though, right? Yes. Eventually we added in a fourth person to the kitchen Mm -hmm. as things really started to take off. So David couldn't really focus on the paperwork, the bill paying, payroll reservations. And at the time we were doing reservations by hand. Right. So I had, could not find a reservation book that I liked, so I made one that worked for what we were doing. And you always called. I, I, I remember you would call us at, like the day before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, excuse me, I have a, I have a good Il Retorno story. So Lori, <laughs> before I'd ever gone, Lori's like, we, should, we have to go to Il Retorno. I'm like, oh, we'll get to it. I don't, I don't feel like right oh, now. Oh, I bugged him for months. So she had to bug me for a while. We finally go, and I love it. And so we go again. And like the second or third time, I'm, I'm seeing like, this place is full all the time. If it ever gets to a point where I can't get in when I want to, that's going to be a problem for me. So I need to fix that. And we asked for a meeting with you guys like before you opened. That you was open. when Mike was our server and we asked Mike if we could like set up reservations in advance. Yes. Yeah. So we come in at four and David's there and he has the reservation book. And we booked a standing reservation, I think, for six or seven months out. For like 6 once. p.m., two people, Saturday nights. It was about once a month it worked out, yeah. too, for about half a year. Yeah. yeah. Specific we'll, table, specific server. I just remember yeah. David looking at us like, who are these people? They're crazy. <laughs> what, yeah. what is going on here? <laughs> right. And then you would call the afternoon of to reconfirm. But eventually you stopped calling us because you knew we were going to show up. No, Kevin told me one day. Oh, oh he did? I'll call if we're not going to show up. Just assume we're coming to all of our future reservations. Right. Okay, Mr. That. Godby, we'll see you tonight. <laughs> Mr. Godby. Sorry, yeah. that's just funny. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you don't trust me after all these times. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. It wasn't not trusting you. It was more of a courtesy. Right. Yeah. Sometimes right. you forget what you have planned out that far in advance. That's Thank true. you for the courtesy. Yes, we appreciate it. So what do you find the most challenging thing? Now, balance. Balancing. Work life work and home life. David doesn't have to go in as early every day though anymore, right? He has got staff that does that. Yes. At one, well, we were living downtown up until last spring, so delivery drivers would call him and be like, hey, we're five minutes out, and he would leave the house, run to the restaurant, accept the delivery, write the check, and then 
sometimes he'd be able to come home for a little bit and some or sometimes he would have to stay depending right. on the time but now we have the capability to have more staff so he doesn't have to be there as long of hours and we do see brooks there at 6 30 in the morning he's making Every the morning, pasta they wait we do our yeah. walks down central speaking of staff can we give a shout out to ronald He's the GM and sommelier. Yes. And he came down from New York. Yeah, he was at the Modern in New York, I believe, right? Yes, and his wife's job transferred them down here. And we were looking for a proper general manager. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting downstairs in our townhouse, and David comes running down the stairs. I found this resume, and he worked at the Modern. He worked at the Modern. And I was like, so they call him. What are you waiting for? Call him before he gets another call. (laughs) And we were so nervous that he was going to take a job somewhere else. I remember emailing him and emailing him. Right. Just wanted to check in, see how, what you thought and how it went. Well, I think somebody coming down from a fancy restaurant in New York, Il Ritorno is the right place for them to land. It is. I agree. So. And it's funny, when we first met him, he seemed so, what's the word? Stiff? Yeah, that would be it. But now he seems to have loosened up quite a bit, and he's just a goofball. Yes. It was funny, we were walking by one day, I think it was early in the day, like afternoon, like we weren't quite open yet, and Ronald's in there, and we walk by, and we wave, and then we went to the galley to get a drink, and he, he followed us. We're getting our drinks, and in walks Ronald, he's like, just wanted to say hi. Yeah, he Says did. hi, and then turns around and goes back. And he did this goofy <laughs> walk out when he was walking yeah. out, it was just so funny. <laughs> he's a total goofhead. Anyway, going back to what we were talking about, the work-life balance you said was your biggest challenge, so... Has it gotten better? It hasn't. It hasn't. Okay. It has for David. It hasn't for me mm-hmm. in the sense that now that both of our kids are in school or preschool during the day, mm-hmm. I do feel guilty leaving them at night. But beyond the guilt, I'm having issues finding proper child care. Right. Reliable child care. So I'm not there as often as I would like to be, as I should be. And that makes it very challenging. Oh, sure. And before Miles, our two-year-old, went to preschool, I was constantly struggling to find the balance because I had so much to do during the day, but I also wanted to have quality time with him and not just sit in front of the TV all day, every day, so I can get my work done. So I had to schedule things out. Right. And it, was, it took a really long time to find... A good balance. Right. And h- how old are the boys now, and are they picky eaters? Two and four and no. <laughs> David's happy about that. We have yeah. video they're, of... They're, e- they're having trouble mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have video of Ethan running around the restaurant eating a pig ear. Oh, just my God. That's awesome. Ripping it off so and funny. gnawing on it and oinking at me because he knows that that's not my thing. <laughs> and he makes pasta with David, right? Sometimes. He does. Most Saturday mornings, he goes to the restaurant with David, and they have their special daddy Ethy time. And Ethan helps pick herbs and make mezzaluna. And by make mezzaluna, I mean fold them and then shove them in his mouth. <laughs> his pockets, too. And right? his pockets. Yeah. Oh, yes. He comes home with like balls of pasta dough in his pockets. And, and I always ask them to give me a heads up. Otherwise, it goes right into the laundry. And oh, boy. Then mama's not happy. I bet. I think that's worse than a diaper in the washing oh, machine. Oh, oh, no. All of it's bad. <laughs> Well, we're going to actually wrap this up. Thank you for being with us, Erica. But we're going to first ask you. Thank you for having you. me. Oh, you're welcome. So, Erica, just before you go, we, on the fly, came up with a lightning round. So I don't know how this is going to go. But it's kind of based on the way you typically eat. OK? 
Okay, so it's an either or thing. Okay. Hot dogs or hamburgers? Hot dogs. Mac and cheese or buttery pasta? Trick question? Yeah, we threw that in that way. <laughs> Mac and cheese. <laughs> okay. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. French fries or tater tots? Depends on the location, but usually French fries. Okay. Cake or pie? Cake. Chicken fingers or buffalo wings? Chicken fingers. Okay. You got all the right answers. You got 100% on that. Essentially, <laughs> essentially I'm a toddler. <laughs> See, that helps with your nanny skills. Oh, yes. I have, do you put ketchup on your hot dogs? No, I don't put anything on my hot dogs. Oh. And I cut them. I don't like them in a bun. And I eat them with a fork. You are a toddler. And <laughs> Although I have to say that Ethan is rather fancy and he prefers his hot dogs in the form of pigs in a blanket. Hebrew mm. National. Right. Uh, I like Hebrew National too. The, the knockwurst is the best. He's probably going to want them in a croissant pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy is he takes the blanket off the pig. <laughs> well, does he eat them both separately? Sometimes. Sometimes. We always joke around that he's watching his girlish figure. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, yeah, we were, we were ending with the fast five, but we got or the six, but we got some more info out of that. That was great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Thank Erica. you for having me. This was fun. And if you haven't been to Il Ritorno, or if you have and you want to go back, make sure you visit them on the, what's the address on Central? 449 Central Avenue, Four. Suite 101. And you can also visit them at ilretornodowntown.com. Or follow us on social media. Thanks, Erica. <laughs> Thanks, Erica. Thank you. We'll be right back. I'd like a uh, plain omelet, uh, no potatoes, tomatoes instead, a cup of coffee, and toast. No substitution. What do you mean? You don't have any tomatoes? Only what's on the menu. You can have a number two, a plain omelet. It comes with cottage fries and rolls. Yeah, I know what it comes with, but it's not what I want. I'll come back when you make up your mind. Wait a minute. I have made up my mind. I'd like a plain omelet, no potatoes on the plate, a cup of coffee, and a side order of wheat toast. I'm sorry, we don't have any side orders of toast. I'll give you an English muffin or a coffee roll. What do you mean you don't make side orders of toast? You make sandwiches, don't you? Would you like to talk to the manager? Hey, Mac. Shut up. You've got bread. And a toaster of some kind? I don't make the rules. Okay, I'll make it as easy for you as I can. I'd like an omelet, plain, and a chicken salad sandwich on wheat toast. No mayonnaise, no butter, no lettuce, and a cup of coffee. And number two, chicken salad sand. Hold the butter, the lettuce, and the mayonnaise, and a cup of coffee. Anything else? Yeah, now all you have to do is hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me a check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't broken any rules. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees. <laughs> Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today we have Helena Kletch with us. Welcome to the show, Helena. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm just going to hit you with the Fast Five Foodies questions. Are you ready? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh my gosh. Pizza. It has to be pizza. <laughs> I think that's probably mine, too. Yeah, cheese and bread. There's something about it. And the red sauce. Wait, wait. Oh, Appla applause for a good answer. 
What's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Oh, man, that's a hard one. Hmm. I really like Bella Brava. Red Mesa is super fun. Awesome. Cantina? Yeah. Or regular? The one right there, like right right down the... Uh, I just passed it, and mm-hmm. I thought of it as I was passing it. I was like, I love that place. The food is awesome. They used to have a band that played there called uh, Mighty Mongo, and they were just so fun. That's so, cool. yeah, if you nice. ever get a chance. Salt or pepper? Ooh, I don't think I could choose. Well, I guess salt. I, I'm a little more of a salt fiend, but in soup, definitely I'm pretty heavy with the pepper. Mm-hmm. Yes. So good. Yeah, Kevin's the pepper one in the family. Cilantro, love it, or it tastes like soap. Oh, it tastes like perfume to me. Perfume. And it's so annoying. It's I get, awful, I, right? Oh my gosh, I hate it. I was living in California for a while, and you know they put cilantro on literally mm-hmm. everything. So that was tough for me, but I can't get past it. I'm no. one of those people. Yeah. Are you? Oh yeah. Yep. But for me, it's soap. But yeah, I've heard perfume too, but it just tastes like dirty dishwater. You're, <laughs> I think it's like a genetic it thing mm-hmm. I read, yeah. Final question, can you cook? If I have a recipe, I can cook. If I don't, I end up messing up uh, the heat transfer. Like just the heat, the heating always messes with me, the timing and, you know, when things should come out. So it's like I have to have the recipe in front of me, be really focused, and not have a glass of wine or a beer until I start eating. <laughs> so, but so I've, I've ruined more dishes than, yeah. than, <laughs> than anything. Well, today we're going to feature your song titled Casinos. Awesome. From the Grown Up album. Yeah. So tell us about it. So that is something that I've been working on for a really long time. It took about a year to totally finish. The songs were in the works for a few years. I wrote it while I was living in Tahoe. And specifically that song Casinos, I wrote about the casinos because I was living right on the state line where Nevada was pretty much right across from my house, but I was living in California, paying California taxes, which was hilarious. But I hung out at the casinos the first year I lived there, and I, you know, got in a little trouble in the casinos and kind of partied a lot, so it's kind of... That's what it's about. Yeah, a little, it's a little <laughs> jingle about the casinos. <laughs> huh? We're in. Being bad in the casinos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, they're open 24 hours. So. Yeah, you can get in trouble, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, thank you for being here today. Well, thank you. I've been making all the calls I hit my head on the wall at the local bar And then when I came to Well, you came into view Like a sliding machine robot taking all the
shoulders touch your ears though Once again, that was Helena Kletch with Casinos. So, what's for lunch today? Grazia Italian Grill, that's what. We're starting with the shrimp arrabbiato, which is one of my absolute favorite appetizers there. Uh, it's so good and spicy. This one's made with Gulf shrimp, cherry tomatoes, roasted red peppers, with spicy San Marzano marinara sauce. And then, for my entree, I ordered what I normally order there, which is the goat cheese baked ziti. I just love it. Comes with their signature meat sauce, goat cheese, fresh ricotta, basil, and mozzarella. What do you have, Kevin? When I go to Grazzi for lunch, I like to get two of my favorite sides, which happen to be the Italian wedding soup. I get that all the time. And it has the usual chicken, spinach, mini meatballs, pasta pearls. Right. And it's just so delicious. And then I like to get the side Caesar salad. Make sure you order the side unless you want a gigantic, huge one. So I get the small side Caesar. And what I really like at Grazzi is that they give you the full romaine leaves. It's not chopped up. You do the chopping oh, right. up yourself. And I actually like it. And the, for the fresh Parmesan cheese, excellent. Perfect lunch. Our Lunchbox segment is where we read opinions and answer questions from our listeners. Please email us at lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com with your opinions, feedback, and questions to be featured in this segment. Comments from last week's show with Stillwater's Tavern with uh, Chef Jeffrey Jew and Sarah Ellen Lambert. We have a few. Lindy Townsend says, love our girl, Sarah Ellen Burnett. And of course she brought champagne. Melanie Ford says, does the podcast get sillier as the champagne dwindles? And Lori answered her that yes, it does. Kelly Lee McFrederick, he is an amazing chef. We'll check out the podcast. That's of course regarding Chef Jeffrey Jew from Stillwater's Tavern. News this week, a new post on stpetersburgfoodies.com, Amigos Tortilla Bar home of the Square Taco from Key West. They opened on the 600 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. We have a write-up on that with uh, lots of great food picks. Haley has a new review of Funky Sweets. They've been around for a few years. If you don't know Funky Sweets, they're a unique 70s-themed sweets and desserts place. That's by Haley Heyman. We have a new food truck review on Latin Lunchbox. They have Puerto Rican and other Latin food like Cuban sandwiches. That's by Abby Allen. And a new one by me that just came out is on the new Green Light Bar. It's a new bar with amazing sushi. They have pool table, outdoor area, nice lounge area. They are located at 4th Street North and 62nd Ave North on 62nd Ave. And then just a reminder, in addition to the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast being available on iTunes and Stitcher, we are also now on Google Podcast. That's for anyone who doesn't have an iPhone and also if you have the Google 
Home Voice Activated Assistant. You can find it on there. And we are also on Spotify. So if you prefer any of those apps over where you're listening now, there you go. And happy Thanksgiving. This is Chris Walker And you're listening to Today's tip of the week is on ordering drinks, the proper way to order a drink. And I'm going to use a martini as the example because that's what I order the most of. But this can be applied to any type of drink you order. I mean, how many times have you been out with a friend and they say, I'll have a vodka and cranberry, for example. And the first thing that happens is the bartender says, any particular type of vodka? Here's how I order a martini. I'll have a Bombay Sapphire martini, very dry, up with olives. So how does that go? Number one, brand is first. Bombay Sapphire. What's your drink? A martini. It's second. So it's brand, drink, then very dry. How you want it, how dry, how sweet. Uh, It doesn't apply to every drink on that one. And then up. Up means chilled with ice and then strained. Usually it's a, a shaker. Not always. Other possibilities are rocks. So you want ice in the glass. Neat is another one. That's just pour it straight out of the bottle. Don't do anything to it. Just put it in the glass. And lastly is your garnish. So if I was ordering a vodka martini, which I rarely do, but if I did, I prefer a twist instead of olive. So once again, Bombay Sapphire Martini, very dry up with olives. And here's, we get a dual tip for this week too, on very dry. Most I'd say 98% of bartenders always get that right. They know what that means. It's either like a drop or a rinse or no vermouth at all. I have had a few occasions over several years. This only maybe happens like three times in five years. But when it happens, it's just totally bizarre to me. I've said very dry, and it's been interpreted as meaning just dump a whole ton of vermouth in there. And I, and I catch them doing it. You see it going in like, look, 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 look. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? It's supposed to be a drop. And they're like, you said very dry. Because it says dry vermouth. And I'm saying very dry. They're interpret, interpreting that as very much dry vermouth. And that's not what that means. And I know probably everybody listening already knows that. But just in case, let me know if, if you've ever run into that where you order very dry and they're like dumping a gallon of vermouth in there. You can write us at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com or comment anywhere you're listening to the show. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our guests and thanks to our sponsors. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold.
Dry martini, lemon peel, shaken, not stirred.